Welcome to the Road to Cinema podcast, featuring screenwriter and director Andrew Neal of the new film Goat, starring Nick Jonas and James Franco, which opens in theaters and on demand on Friday, September 23rd. The film explores college fraternity hazing, as seen through the eyes of two brothers, played by Ben Schnetzer and Nick Jonas. For more information on the Road to Cinema podcast, to read the Road to Cinema blog, and to watch our Road to Cinema YouTube series, visit jogroadproductions.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Jog Road Productions, to see interviews with Don Cheadle, Ewan McGregor, and Greta Gerwig, among many others, as well as a video series with Creed screenwriter Aaron Covington, as he discusses co-writing the film with Ryan Coogler, which went on to earn an Oscar nomination for Sylvester Stallone and featuring a great performance by Michael B. Jordan. You can also follow us on Twitter for the latest updates at Jog Road, Instagram at Jog Road Productions, and you can write us a nice review on the iTunes podcast page under the Road to Cinema podcast, as well as like our Facebook page, Jog Road Productions. And now we join director and screenwriter Andrew Neal of the new film Goat, which opens in theaters and on demand on Friday, September 23rd, as Andrew discusses how Lord of the Flies was an inspiration for this new film. Lord, Lord of the Flies is one of my favorite books, so when Killer Films brought me the script, I, I saw an opportunity to make my own version of Lord of the Flies um, in a frat house. And uh, so that, that was exciting to me. But, but as a filmmaker, I've been interested in what I call neo-tribalism from the beginning of my career. My first film, the documentary about LARPing. Um, uh, I don't know if you know what that is, but um, live-action role-playing. So these intentional community and um, cult-like behaviors is something I've always been interested in. And um, so this this kind of fit into that that whole uh, set of interests really well. Um, I mean, I think I also, I think I also was really interested in the idea of of, of um, a genre bender because, in some ways, this is um, it's a drama uh, that kind of turns into a horror film in the middle of the movie, and that interested me as a filmmaker as well. So. Uh, coming from the documentary world, was there any research that you did into fraternities, into a lot of college hazing? Yeah, um, actually, the most important uh, movie um, in in our research really was uh, Frat House by Todd Phillips, and um, you know some of the some of the hazing scenes in our in our movie um, are are heavily influenced by some of the some of the material that he that he shot for that film. Um, additionally, you know, I just trolled Google and and um, YouTube and, and found plenty of um, little snippets of, of um, you know, real frat house videos that people in frats had made of this, that, or the other. And, um, yeah, and then I, I read another, I read another expose um, called, uh, besides Bradlands, obviously, called the, um, I think it's the, the, the Diary of an, of an Ivy League, Confessions of an Ivy League Frat. Fat boy, something like that, um, and it was about a fraternity at Dartmouth. Um, but honestly, like I, I kind of knew a little bit about what this culture was like. I played hockey, I played lacrosse, I went to boarding school, um, 
you know, I had friends at fraternities. Um, so I, I kind of knew what all this was like a little bit. Um, I'd never been part of it, but I knew what it was like. Uh, did you ever sort of, uh, you know, delve into sort of the psyche of maybe even like why this exists or why it's, you know, if it's something that's like very American or if it's, you know, something that is really sort of a worldwide phenomenon, uh, sort of the nature of hazing, the nature of sort of this, you know, rite of passage, as a lot of people call it. Yeah, I think it's a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, I, look, I, I think we're, we're tribal animals, you know, and I, and I think that from the beginning of time, you know, men uh, in, in this period uh, of their lives um, have a lot of hormones and energy pulsing through them, and, you know, that energy has been motivated in lots of different ways. Um, if you're poor, uh, often that means you're in a gang. Um, you know, if you're middle class, maybe you're in a frat or you're on a sports team. Um, you know, I, I think that this kind of behavior, whether you call it hazing or initiation or you know, bullying, um, you know, I think it all falls under the same uh, behavioral patterns as far as humans are concerned. And uh, I think that it transcends pretty much all cultures, most of history, and uh, all socioeconomic groups. Uh, bringing uh, actors into this environment and sort of, you know, especially in the film, you know, it's very, uh, it's very raw, you know, it's very specific as far as what each uh, you know, level of, you know, getting through this uh, initiation to the fraternity is, uh, you know, was there any sort of rehearsal? You know, what was sort of the process of getting the actors uh, really acclimated into this world? Um, well, uh, first of all, we all went out to a bar, all the, all the quote-unquote brothers and, and the actors, and we all um, had a bunch of drinks and, and kind of broke down, if you will. I mean, I think in, in some way, uh, you know, as the film set worked, I was almost like a pledge master. Um, I mean, obviously directors can be like that in their own way, but, um, you know, uh, I was the leader of this group of people that were on this mission, and I think all the actors were really young and really invested in, in doing all this and willing to take risks. So I think it was exciting, you know, for us as, you know, both the actors and me as a director all together to kind of delve into this stuff because um, it's a little dangerous, you know? I mean, I, I think, um, I don't mean like literally on the set, it was never dangerous, but um, it's dangerous in terms of the psychological part of the human brain that you're investigating. And I think, you know, during, um, during the film, you know, most of the film was on book, but the hazing scenes I ran very loosely. So, um, you know, I would give the pledges at the beginning of the day. First of, all, first of all, I isolated all the pledges so that they couldn't see the brothers, right? And then um, I didn't tell them what was going to happen to them. So I said, you know, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be humiliated. Um, you know, you're going to be physically uncomfortable. Um, you know, but I'm always going to be there watching, um, and I'm going to be with you. But just know that this is what you're, you know, what you're going to get into, and. Um, you know, the brothers, I gave them a general form for what they should be doing in a set of kind of activities, if you will, um, you know, for the for the different stages of behaving. But, you know, I mean, I think at one point we ran a 14-minute take. So, um, you know, we kind of let it go. And um, 
I think in a lot of ways that's what was exciting about it. And, you know, all the guys were, were willing to, to um, get involved in that um, process, which at certain times felt to me almost like it had become a social experiment a little bit. Um, but, too, like, I, I do want to reiterate that everyone always was, was safe. There was a safe word, and, you know, um, people knew that they were being looked out for and taken care of. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was exciting that way, you know, and at times disturbing, um, but exciting for that reason in a way. Yeah. For it being, uh, that immersive on the set, uh, was it difficult, you know, when you said cut for people to sort of get out of those roles to get out of that mindset in a way? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, uh, several of the most intense hazing, um, uh, scenes. I think it actually, uh, while it was uncomfortable and humiliating for the for the for the pledges, obviously on a lot of levels, um, I think actually it was it was almost harder on the brothers because you know you're doing pretty horrible things to people, and um, you have to get into that. And actually, surprisingly enough, it, it's not as hard to get into that as you might think. So I, I think at times, sometimes the actors. I wouldn't say they got carried away in that they did anything they shouldn't have done, but as they fell further and further into the role, um, I think they kind of ended up digging up some, some pretty dark parts of their own psyches and, um, you know, bestial capabilities that, that kind of freaked them out. And they, they told me as much after the fact, you know, like, they, you know, I, at one point, you know, a guy came up to me and said, you know, that scene really, really freaked me out. Um, you know, personally, because I, I really suddenly, I kind of, you know, I felt, I, I, I kind of got carried away. Like, I started getting completely involved in the experience of hazing these guys. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, look, that's evidence of the fact that, that we are very easily programmable animals. You know, we're social animals that were designed to be programmed in social environments. And when the programming is bad, um, bad things can very easily happen. I mean, obviously, just the history of the 20th century um, has, has pretty radical evidence of that um, kind of behavior. Um, but, you know, we see it every day. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was sort of interesting watching the film, realizing, um, you know, sort of how much we're conditioned to sort of just go with the flow, to go along with things. And if there's ever any pushback against the status quo, uh, you know, especially into, you know, something that's been going on for hundreds of years, it's always met with, you know, intense resistance. You know, it's met not only with resistance within the group, but then, you know, within the larger framework of, of you know, the, the establishment, whether that's the administration or the sports team or whatever it is. I mean, I think, first of all, you know, just to go back to some of our more carnal um, uh, instincts as animals, I mean, you know, we're falling into line is what made us to some extent effective, right? I mean, we all work together towards this common goal. We don't want to fracture what seems to be the status quo because that, in theory, is what makes, you know, makes the whole system work, you know, almost in a military sense. So, so I think there's almost a built-in fear of messing with what seems to be the norm and what seems to be accepted behavior or necessary behavior. Um, but, you know, beyond that, you know, the, the fact that, you know, there isn't more resistance, um, you know, from the 
administration in colleges and, and high schools um, and in, in um, you know, athletic, athletic departments to me is just, it's unfathomable. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think to some extent people just sort of, it's been a part of what, of, of how men behave for so long that there's this kind of like, there's this attitude that, that's sort of like, um, oh, well, boys will be boys kind of thing. And um, maybe maybe that needs to be reevaluated, you know? Yeah, did, um, you know, showing the film at Sundance uh, in front of an audience, and, you know, it is like a very, you know, raw, visceral experience. Uh, what were sort of some of the initial reactions that you were getting from audience members? Um, you know, I think people were shocked. You know, I, I think I think I, I think sometimes the experience of watching the movie is a little bit like watching a horror film. Um, and you know, I think people kind of walked out um, kind of shell shocked, and, um, and and that for me that that was cool. I mean, I think people were just entirely engaged in what was this you know incredibly. Uh, you know, dark, scary part of, of um, the, the human condition. And um, I think if you can get people to confront that directly um, through a character like Brad, um, I, I think it could maybe help all of us to kind of look look at the male condition and what is asked of men and, and what men ask of one another and try, try to... Um, you know, start a dialogue. Uh, when you were developing the screenplay, how important was it for you to really create an arc around Brad and also to have the film be seen from Brad's point of view? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you go through the normal adaptation process that, you know, when you go from a book into a film um, where you have to sculpt the arcs a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I think... I, uh, there's there was some stuff in the book that that um, that wasn't articulated necessarily about what Brad was always thinking, and you know I think you know Mike and I had to intuit that when we wrote the script, um, um, which is just a normal normal process that you go through when when you're adapting. You know you fill in a lot of spaces um, that need to be filled in for the for the medium of of cinema. Um, but but I, I wouldn't say um, I don't know like I, I don't think there was anything in, in, in that experience that was particularly uncommon for me in terms of adapting real life material um, yeah uh, I mean the thing is look Brad went through an arc in in, in, in real life you know and we filled in some of the, the spaces for the sake of the structure of our movie. But, um, you know, I, I feel like the spirit of the book and um, it is... When I, when I watched the, the final version of the movie, I felt like the spirit of that book was alive in the spirit of the, of the film. So, like, I had a very similar feeling that I had when I finished reading the book that I had when I finished watching the film. Um, yeah. Which which I which I was happy about. 
having worked in uh, documentaries and sort of transi- transitioned more into narrative films, you know, do you see that as an aid for you that you started in documentaries? Does that uh, in any way sort of lend itself to creating narrative films? Yeah, I mean, um, I think without a doubt, you know, I mean, you're used to dealing with um, people in live and unpredictable environments and getting comfortable with that. And I think, you know, that can be a real asset when it comes to um, dealing with actors. I mean, obviously, you have to adapt to, um, you know, sculpting performances, but uh, I think also you're just uh, much more comfortable in uncontrolled situations. And if that's what you're trying to create in any given in any given film, um, you know you can really draw upon a lot um, from your from your documentary work. Um, you know, I, I think also to some yeah, I mean, I think it, I, I think it lets you be more comfortable flying loose sometimes, um, uh, which can be good and bad. You know, and so sometimes you also need to rein that in, depending on um, the scene or what you're trying to do. But uh, you know, I mean, I think clearly in the film you can see a certain amount of um, documentary inclinations, uh, at least uh, when it comes to the hazing scenes. 